Oh, hello. Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast. And today I'm joined by Rose Bone, who has been a colleague and a friend and a deep soul sister and has become a student of this work and has really been on the journey with many different iterations of this work and, and sort of been a student at the, the developmental level of it. So it's really cool to sort of see that journey. And I specifically wanted to talk to Rose because one of the things she's really taken in this work for her personal work and then also how she supports writers uh, by helping their nervous system is she's really looking at survival and I'm gonna let you tell, I'm gonna let her tell us a little bit about her story and yeah, this journey that she's been on to look at survival patterns held in our ancestry and our lineage and how it develops into our personality and what it creates and, and her own, her own healing. So Rose, thanks for being here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My pleasure. What a pure delight, pure shining light. Yeah. 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 And so you're currently where? Where tell us where you are right now. I'm on a couch in a living room <laughs> <laughs> um, that happens to be in a foreign country um, yeah. and is a fulfillment of a lifelong dream that started, I know for sure by the time I was 17, I was dreaming of this kind of life, but um, you know, there were a lot of decades in between when I wasn't embodying yeah. this kind of dream, but um, yeah, so right now I'm I packed up everything except a suitcase and put it in storage and gave up my apartment. And um, a friend of mine invited me to come live with her in Plymouth, England. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And the ability to do that, like, okay, there's the externals, which are the minor part. The externals right. aren't so significant like a person can do that but the internals um and the primary internal is trusting this knowing this inner thing that says oh, it would be really cool to go mm -hmm. and da 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 yeah and having that dream and then having the self-trust to say, okay, do I get that? Like, is it okay mm -hmm. for me to ask for that? You know, the little, mm -hmm. the, there's a very active orphan in me. It's like, you yeah. know, never ask, can I have more please? Because that's not safe. And so this yeah. nervous system work has led me to understand. And for me, it's been really a, uh, finding the middle place like in before I did this nervous system work there was enough warrior and fight and strength in me that I would yeah, yeah. Gary let's go do that you know <laughs> and and not uh like yeah whatever you know whatever happens I can get through it it'll be fine you can hear this is the voice of my <laughs> This is the older brother's voice. Yeah, sure, we can do that. Make that happen. Sure. Um, and I would, and it, and it would have costs that I really minimized and thought, well, that's just the price you pay when you go and try to follow your dreams. And then yes. in the course of this work, understanding like, 
no, that's actually self-violence when you do that, Rose. That's, and, you know, um, in 2018, I had this, like, more than a decade-long dream to go to Wales for no reason, yeah. like, no logical reason. And yeah. <laughs> the day I purchased the ticket, I sat, you know, in front of Travelocity and, like, hmm, it costs the same if I go for two weeks or three weeks in terms of, like, the airplane travel is just right. buying a ticket, like, I, I should probably go for two weeks because that's, you know, a two-week vacation. And I had never had a vacation. I spent all of my time off of teaching, going home to my parents and doing their farm work. Um, right. And uh, so this was this was already a big stretch for me. Like, I'm actually going to just take myself on a trip. Like, have I ever done that before? No. Here I am, <laughs> you know, 51 years old, never done that before. So that was already a stretch. And then in the giddiness of the moment and not knowing my system and not knowing what to listen to or that there was something to listen to. Right. I just did that jump, jump into the abyss. I'm like, let's just do three weeks. It'll be fine. Right. And then and what then, happened? <laughs> and then, <laughs> right. So, so I was sitting at my desk in my office and I made that choice. And then I went for a swim and I felt so expansive and so delighted yeah. and it was fabulous and I was so proud of myself and then I went home and I was making dinner and that's when the voices started in around mostly it was around your siblings are going to really criticize you for wasting money and you've always been the one who can barely scrape enough to get by and da, 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 and all those voices started in right. and by the next morning I was a very fit active person I could barely get out of bed for the yeah. back pain. And just to, you know, long story short, I had a swelled disc that I was in the first like month in complete denial, but it was this big an issue. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you even told me to my face, Rose, I think you have a swollen disc, a bulging disc. And I was like, no, that doesn't happen to farmers. I'll just get through it. It's fine. Um, so anyway, went to Wales, could hardly walk. And like it just broke my heart open. So here I was living this dream, but I had done it in a way that my body was showing me like you did not well, listen. The capacity had it, the safety, the capacity to have the safety to receive it fully, right? So yeah. it's that place, I think. That, you know, that story, because I was with you from, I was with you in the moment that the download came in, I'm going to Wales. Like we were sitting in women's circle, yeah. um, right around Equinox and you, it, it just, it, I, I, you called it, I think at that time, like you popped your portal, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, it just like, it was like the, the floodgates open and you're like, I'm going to Wales. And, and then you know, we had worked the energy around it a lot. And at the time I wasn't, I was doing a lot of my own personal nervous system work, but it wasn't kind of, I wasn't leading with it in the circles and I wasn't leading with it in um, the one-to-one. And I was just sort of watching people's stuff and I might make little suggestions about things, but I wasn't sort of, as now I am like 
I was going to say force feeding. I, I definitely don't force feed people, but it's like what we're no, serving up here. <laughs> you do <laughs> not force feed up. people. <laughs> but I have stopped pretending that this is what we're serving up. And and rather than like, you know, gently suggesting things, it's like, no, this is really on the menu. Um, but you yeah. were a muse for me. And, and, and you've shown up for me in so many ways over the years as an inspiration and an and um and in in a, a instigator sometimes you show up to invite these things but you showed up that really for me was that place of getting to see it so up close when the energy is available like the energy for you to go to wales was like all flowing yeah every door was open and it was so beautiful and to really witness the subconscious set point go this is not safe yeah. This is not who we are. This is not what we do. I think in that moment, if I could say one of the things that sort of was like, okay, Alicia, we have to, to, we have to lead in a different way because this work has to, it wasn't enough that we just did the energy work. It wasn't enough that we just did the visioning. I didn't, because we didn't do the nervous system work in that trip. And not that maybe your experience would would have been different. I think that survival pattern had to be met to be cleared. And part of going to Wales was that initiation. But we might have been able to support your body in a really different way. And I just think, I'm so grateful to you in all the ways that you've shown up as one of the muses for me to sort of live your life so fully and so openly with me that it's like, I get to see what happens when we do it. And, And also in that sense with Wales of like, where the safety conversation wasn't part of what we talked about in this visioning and in this consciousness engineering. And in this, you know, we did all of the, we did all the spiritual work. We did all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we did. And I did, you know, talk about the safety, but I didn't guide you in it at that moment. And so also I think I am so grateful to you for those places where you've given me the opportunity to go back into our, our kind of formal mentorship and, bring these spaces in that weren't there in the beginning so that you're getting the full picture, but also, yeah, the way that your body just showed us so wisely what happens when we just go for it without knowing how you, it's not that you did it wrong. Cause you didn't know. Exactly. I didn't, didn't do it wrong. Know. And what you said, like, you know, you, you can go back and say, well, if this and if that, and also there was no way to know the layers and levels that were revealing themselves in the way the experience actually did transpire. I had a completely disproportionate fear of going to Wales. Now I'm someone who's trapped when I was 17, 17, I traveled to Europe, to Germany by myself to be an exchange student and live with people I'd never met before. And that was fine. I had done this before And I had this very disproportionate fear. And I was on the airplane on the way, like couldn't sit down. I had to lie flat on the airplane. I was in a lot of pain from my back. And for the first moment, like I'd done all this preparation, had bought the tickets, had planned the stuff. And only in the moment on the airplane did I realize, oh, my God, I'm going to be in a place for three weeks where no one will know me. Mm -hmm. And I will never see any of them again. Like. I am free in a way I've never been free before. Now I created this whole situation with zero awareness. Right. But something in me knew like you were going to meet stuff that is way beyond what your cognitive mind could be planning. 
And then when I got there in the experiences, well, I mean, I I ended up writing a book about the experiences because it was so beyond what I'd understood before. And it was, you know, the term popped a portal. Like I started to become aware of what could be called like past life memories or knowings. And I experienced it as just sensations and knowings in my body. And yeah. just this being compelled to put my hands on yew trees. I didn't know what yew trees were before I went there. And <laughs> but just allowing it to unfold. And so, you know, the the what happened in my back, how, you know, the when and how it healed, there's so much involved. And I and I'd say like there's a component of yes, we were doing energy work and opening to dreams and no matter what, there's a layer of mystery. Yeah, absolutely. You have to go through it to meet it. You do. And I think the difference now, though, is really bringing in the listening for the safety. So it's not that we can protect ourselves yes. in a way that like, we don't go through the experience. Like, I'm not saying that your back isn't going to go out the next time safety gets super-duper challenged, right? But I think what's different now is that recognition that it has to be part of the conversation or that it gets to be part of the conversation yeah, and that it gets to be supported in a really overt way. And I think that's really one of the differences between what I would say of like partnering nervous system work with whatever else we're doing, right? Is that the conversation gets to involve things that are going to be probably happening anyway. Yeah. Right. They're going to kind of be going on, but we're not going to, but when we partner the nervous system with the work, maybe there's less drama trauma with it. Maybe we're less dismissive of like you kind of denying for a while that your back was even, I mean, you're in so much pain, but you're I like denying so it's actually a thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep going. And, but that's the survival pattern too, right? Of yeah. like, it's not safe to even feel what's happening in my body. So I just think it's such a beautiful a beautiful story of when we're doing part of the work, how the other part's going to be happening. But when it's happening out of our awareness, we have less of the ability to really support ourselves through it, full it with it. But I think what's also different too, is like looking at partnering with the nervous system work and the way that that's allowed you, not just in this ongoing journey that you've been with healing survival patterns and and, and repatterning your nervous system in that, but also developing the capacity that it's safe to be free as yourself, that it's safe to follow your dream. And, and this you know, is huge. Yes. It's huge, right? Like it's the huge. difference that it was for you to make this decision to live abroad for, you know, these number of months is like, oh, that like, like that's the testament. That's that's the evidence of the safety that you've cultivated. Right. That's the external that could easily be named and seen. But the the, the part that's maybe takes a, a keener eye and a willingness and an open heart to see is, okay, so yes, I'm in England living this thing that I, my heart knew I wanted. Right. But more importantly, what I'm doing while I'm here is opening to new levels of being able to love myself in situations and experiences that would not have, I would not have been able to meet 
before right. I started doing this nervous system work. And mm-hmm. now that I'm here and have been in this through this evolution course, starting to connect dots to make this picture that like, I didn't even have enough safety in my system to see the picture, mm-hmm. let alone say yes to it. But the yeah. picture that's coming clear for me is, okay, when I went to Wales, popped a portal, discovered I'm beloved, mm. wrote a book, and now living it for these past, you know, since I went in 2018. So living it all these years and now feeling enough safety in my system to recognize my service in the world yeah, is to help other people through learning how to heal survival in their system to yeah. bring their own authority into their body. Like we're at the place in our culture where we are like, listen to me, Alicia, can you believe Rose is able to say these things without tearing up, without getting lost, without I not know. knowing what words to say, without getting all reclaimed, <laughs> you know, oh. like, okay. So the to bringing the power into ourselves, we need to embody our own power and yeah. we could do a whole, I don't know if you've seen the Barbie movie I've seen the Barbie movie (laughs) and like, oh my God, there is like, what I loved about that movie is how very uncomfortable I felt and how like it met some of the growing edges of our consciousness and others, it is like miles behind, like what, (laughs) what the fuck? So, but, but the point is that bringing this authority into ourselves, like that is one beautiful thing in the movie is that at the end, Barbie chooses, I would rather be the person imagining than the idea, right? Because the person imagining must hold authority within herself rather than giving it to the collective or the institution. And we're seeing that institutions aren't working. You and I work for a very large institution that it it's not working. The students yeah. at the university where we teach are drowning. Yeah. Yeah. And this survival wounding kept me out of the ability to see that I am beloved, that I deserve yeah. To like, mm. I like to say it is nothing. Yeah. To feel it, I couldn't feel it. It was yeah. as real to me as dragons, yeah. which are now very real to me. But the point is, <laughs> people consider that fantasy. And I considered right. loving yourself, being loving to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's leave it to beaver fantasy. That doesn't really exist totally. to the point where now I can embody it. To the level that I can help other people because it brings me joy. Yeah. I can help other people to meet it. I want to just, I want to touch on something really briefly and then I want want to get to something and I'm just kind of watching our clock, which is, you know, so unlike me actually. But um, anyway, (laughs) Um, I'm curious. So one of the things I think it can seem, uh, okay, for me, I wonder if sometimes when we talk about nervous system work, being this place that brings this this ability, this capacity to love yourself, to be so in love with yourself, 
I'm curious from your perspective is, do we sound a little elitist in that? Like, does that sound like privilege? Because I'm curious. So what I could say from my, from my, I don't think it is actually privilege. I think that's the point. However, I can see how when I was in my depth of survival and just clinging and clawing myself, that if someone had said, hey, do this work so you love yourself, I would probably flip them off and been like, do you know what I'm living with, motherfucker? Like, I don't care about loving myself. I'm just trying to survive here. I'm just trying to make it out of here alive, right? And I think that, so I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I mean, we could talk forever about this. I mean, you and I can talk forever anyway, but yeah, I'm just curious if you feel that too, that it's like, how do we communicate? Is it something that just can't be communicated until you're in it, that it's like, it's not elitist, it's not, this isn't privilege, this is the whole point, um, but you're not going to know it till you go on the journey, which is really hard to get onto when you're in flipping survival? You know, it's, I, to my ears, it's, it's defensiveness. It's my defensiveness mm. that would say, oh, that's, that's a privilege. And well, totally. I, I haven't traveled to a lot of countries in the world, but I know that there are countries where the external is nowhere near as privileged and filled with abundance as the, the culture you and I live in, the, the country you and I live in. And their ability to love themselves is off the charts compared vast, to ours. That's totally. You know, totally. and it's there. I I couldn't hear it, Alicia. You had to say it to me a thousand times, a thousand times. Mm, yeah. In so many ways, Rose, that's defensiveness that you yeah. can love yourself and me being like, are you fucking <laughs> crazy? Do you know what I live with? Right. No, you cannot love yourself. No, that is not safe <laughs> in all the ways. Yeah. You could hear it. Yeah. And because you could hear it, I became able to hear it. Yeah. And that is my desire that because I can hear it. Yeah. I can hear the not it in others yeah. and say, yeah. well, there's an alternative. And, yeah. you know, in my own story, in my own healing of survival, there was a desire to bring that to my parents who were, you know, emigrants and, and they yeah. survived real shizzle. Yeah. T tell us some about that. So tell us some of what you carry in that lineage. Yeah. So in my lineage, um, on my mother's side, my mother grew up in East Prussia under Hitler. So one of the 20th century's top dictators. And they, you know, her country had been sliced up in decades prior to her arrival on the planet. And she suffered starvation. Her father was killed by occupying soldiers before World War II started. So at age 11, she suddenly had no father, um, you, you know, survived the Great Depression, the starvation. Um, and then her father was killed and her, her brother you know, was conscripted into the German army. And um, she was in a country that was highly desirable because of a port, a, a freshwater port that they had. I don't know if it was freshwater, but they had a port where ships could be serviced. So her country got divided up at the end of World War II. And a lot of um, 
you know, unknowing and, and disease. She ended up getting typhoid. She encouraged her family to flee. And her mother's like, no, we can't flee. And she disobeyed her mother. My mom ended up getting dragged off um, by soldiers and was put in a prison camp, ended up digging out under a fence, like the story we could have an entire dinner and it would take the entire dinner for me to tell you the story. She dug out under a fence, found her way in the middle of the night because she had no papers that she would be found. She would be shot on sight, found her way back to her hometown, told everybody, we are all going to be deported to Siberia. If we don't flee, if we stay here, they said we could stay in our homeland and refugee camps. If we stay, we will be deported to Siberia. The whole town fled. My mom got typhoid fever. Her family left her to die in a typhoid camp and she didn't die. Okay. So that lineage on her family, and I could tell the story of how she became reunited with her family, which she was, she ended up finding her way to, um, such a strong, such a strong fight pattern, such an incredible survivor, such an incredible survivor, incredible survivor and an incredible mystic who like, if she would tell you the story, she's, she passed in 2017. But when she told the story of being, she was in a Red Cross camp for typhoid and she was 16 years old and they seated down to 60 pounds in and out of a coma. She couldn't talk. Even when she wasn't in a coma, she didn't have the strength to talk. And an angel hovered above her. And like, I get tearful saying this still now, anytime I tell the story. Yeah. And angel hovered above her and said, hold on. And she was like, it had to be the archangel Michael. He said, hold yeah. on. You're okay. We've got you. It's okay. Hold on. And wow. at this point, she had been in the camp for several weeks and hadn't died. So the doctor in charge decided to give a blood transfusion because she would already have the immunities for typhoid. So a man right. who had five children just arrived to the camp. And to hear my mom tell the story, they said, well, Anna's going to die. So we're going to give the uh, blood transfusion from her to this man who just came in in the hopes that he will survive. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't die. Yeah. I mean, just that snapshot of, of, of the, the trauma, right? The incredible events, but also this incredible willingness to survive to keep fighting yes. for life right yes. but but as we know in our family lineages once those events pass those stress responses have stayed on right and and that they are getting passed down and so as you as the youngest daughter of your mother um what is what do you feel becomes your legacy of healing that matches or or honors her legacy of survival. Yeah, um, it 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 for me comes to this piece of the ability to love myself. Like she had ten children. She emigrated to a foreign country, so she ended up in West Germany. Met my dad there. They emigrated to America. Had ten children. Had a farm. She ran our farm. She raised ten kids, <laughs> and she was the epitome of love and strength and groundedness. She was such, she wasn't a coddling mother. She (laughs) was, but like, she just had this inner wisdom and this inner guidance. She just knew. And like, she had this kind of 
authority. You know, I told this story at her um, at her her eulogy when at her funeral. She, she one day I came home from school. Hi, Mama. How was your day? Yeah, Rosie, the cow got out of the barn and it ran into the cornfield and I chased it and chased it till I couldn't breathe anymore. And finally, I looked up. I said, Jesus, you get that cow into the barn. And that cow looked up and walked straight into the barn. And so I told this story at her eulogy. And afterwards, the priest who spoke, who didn't actually know her very well, knew her only a, you know, a few years at the end of her life, but said, yes, that was Anna. She had an authority. She would tell God what to do. She would tell Jesus what, Jesus, you know what's good for you. You get that cow by now. You know, so she had this fierceness. But also this incredible heart, and she was a mystic, and my legacy to love myself and, and, you know, to show her the love that I didn't feel that I got growing up. Yeah. And, you know, child 10th of 10, you know, it was spread thin at times, and they all (laughs) were doing their best, and and it was enough. I'm okay, right? It was enough. And also, to grow to love myself meant that I was able to show her love in moments when I wanted her love. Yeah. And she didn't have the capacity. And that was so deeply healing. And, and it was for both my parents. You know, my dad yeah. grew up in Ukraine, suffered, you know, starvation in the Great Depression, collectivization under Stalin, World War II. His father was, you know, killed and all of that. Both of my parents you know, self-love was, again, like, yeah, no, that is nowhere near as important as getting the hay bailed before the rain right. comes. Right. And to be able to say, no, actually, kissing you on the forehead is the only thing that matters to me right now. Mm. I feel this wound of rejection that is mm. nowhere near as important as uh, this is what my soul called in. Where do I feel called to love? And for me in my 40s and 50s, loving them was the beginning of loving myself. You know, I didn't have the capacity to love myself, but I did have the capacity to love them. Yeah, so so just to kind of, what I'm hearing you say is that part of healing your core wound. Yeah. Um. And, and so we know with core wound work, we're going to go into kind of reparenting ourselves, but that you actually started that by, in some ways, parenting your parents in the, in their later life, like yes. being the loving presence in their life and being the, the, the soother and the nourisher full of, you know, grace and love. So, and then that was, you were able to continue that journey into your own yeah. reparenting and healing of yourself in that place of rejection. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I I would love to to say to anybody who's willing to do this nervous system work, it does not matter if your parents are alive or have passed. I experienced such deep, deep healing with my parents before they died and then even deeper after they passed. And I carry that in me. It's, It's mine. No one can take that away from me. It's mine. Yeah. And I think with a lot of times, I mean, what we found with your mom as well is that there were certain places that the healing really couldn't happen while she was in the body because 
of the way the survival pattern had to keep her alive, right? And the way that she needed it as protection. Um, and, and, and yeah, she did a really great job and, you know, and also, right, that left some marks on you that, that you were able to meet and to repattern because of what she carried and what she experienced. And also the way that the gratitude for what she survived so that you could heal, right? And that willingness. I think for me, when I think about all that my ancestors have had to endure to me it feels like the most honoring thing I do is to heal it to say thank thank you yeah right thank you for like all of the things that you endured so that I could be here to say we're not doing it that way anymore we don't have to survive these things and also to doing that in a way that it's like I'm also willing to stand up and dismantle the system that have created this systemic oppression um in the ways that I can, <laughs> the ways that I'm understanding, in the ways that I'm growing into, right? But, but that I'm willing to say, like, I am not going to blindly participate in these systems of systemic oppression and racism and fascism, and it, which is, you know, in our country, a really scary time. Um, yeah, and I, I'd have to say, your the way that you do this nervous system work there is always a very abundant and present layer of the mystery at work in all of this. And to say, I don't know why it came to be this way. I don't know why my mother had to suffer what she suffered. I don't know why she couldn't let go of what she couldn't let go of. And that aspect of the mystery, there is something greater that has us. Mm. And yeah. that you presence that always in this work, I wouldn't be willing to do it otherwise. Otherwise, the ego gets so involved and attached to yeah. what we think we're creating and, and you figuring know, stuff out, figuring yeah. stuff out and making the world look like this because my brain thinks this would be better, you know, back to yeah. the Barbie movie, like what they created, the Barbies were like patriarchal oppression to the Kens in the way that they right. said they were trying to free themselves of. It's like, oh shit, we just right. recreated what we said was oppressing us. Oh, Absolutely. thank you, Ego, for showing me. <laughs> right. But that's what happens when we keep answering yeah. the problems from the same level of consciousness, right? Yes. And I mean, I think something that I've taken to heart that I've said to you, like, so for me, I heard Carolyn May say it, you know, like, why is the, like, the most, I don't know exactly what she says, but my take on it is like, why is the most unhelpful question you can ask yourself? You know, when we're like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Why, why, you know, and it's like, because that why gets into, into such a questioning, seeking place that actually limits our ability to experience. And it has a seeking that yeah. safety from getting an answer that makes the equation look really palatable to our our little human self you know and it's like it does take greater safety to be like it doesn't why is not the first question like I, for me why yeah. comes if it needs to but I know I've said to you in many many conversations and many processes like yeah that Rose that's that's the least helpful question here let's go for something else <laughs> like, yes yeah and that's yeah and that's holding that that macro perspective is so important that and you do that so beautifully and so so elegantly and so authentically and I'm so grateful because it's 
grown my capacity to stay there and not fear it and believe like, no, this is my birthright. I do get to, I do get to. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. So just to wrap us up, because I know you and I could take this in a thousand different directions and we'll definitely, as this podcast takes its next form, we'll have many more conversations, but tell me what you're doing with the nervous system work. How have you incorporated this? So you are a writer um you've been a poet a creative writer and you also teach writing and you what are you doing how's nervous system work showing up there yeah so doing the work myself has helped me to bring into focus um what I what my soul desires is to write another book which I have begun here and with you um, you know, writing back in March, it started. Uh, so writing a book about um, healing the survival wounds in my own system and how that reflects in my parents, my experiences with them and and now who and who and how I am now. So that's doing the work myself has brought into focus that I desire to write a book about this. And then the second mm-hmm. component is that um, I have started taking uh, writing coach and clients. So, you know, working now as an embodied writing coach to yeah. uh, help people work in their own creative process. And I, I have clients who are not, uh, you know, their primary uh, expression of their creativity is not necessarily writing. So I have a painting, right. a client whose primary expression is painting. And, um, you know, she and I work on her uh, creative process and and you know so I so I work with creative process and of course in creative process we meet these blocks and it's not right. just about doing the writing or the painting it's about who am I and what's available in my life and how can I say yeah. yes to the more yeah and saying yes to the more means the blocks that have been keeping me from the more desire care yeah. and attention and love so beautiful I mean decided to do what a yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's so beautiful to, I mean, I kind of see you as this, like, um, on on the go or, like, in the marathon running next to someone, like, as they're creating and then the stress response comes up and you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we can, we're not going to stop running, we're not going to stop creating, but we're going to dismantle this part, you know, we're going to open this back up. Yes. Um, you know, in that place that you, you know, as a projector, as such an amazing cheerleader and supporter and inspirer of people, um, but also in the way that you illuminate towards it. Like we had a beautiful opportunity to be together for um, several days in March and do a little mini writing retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was so beautiful to have that process of the co-regulation where someone else is helping to hold that field for you so that your stress response doesn't have to get all up in the process. Yes. Yep, <laughs> you know? yep, yes, 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 yes. You know, having somebody that you can, you know, pick up the phone or, or open the email and just be like, I am stuck in it. And I think that what's so beautiful and what I love about the way that you are bringing nervous system um, and embodiment support towards the creative process is it gives people this opportunity to not have to, um, to, to not sort of keep it in their personality of like, oh, it's a writer's block or, oh, I just can't do this. Or 
any of those ways that our personality is going to rationalize what's actually going on. And it's just like, no, it's just an open stress response. It's just a learned habit. It's just our collective um, response. You know, it's just what happens when you open to the new stuff. And it's like this way that it's like, when we just understand it from that point, it's like, of course we need, we need to expect it's going to happen. If you're going to be creative, these pieces are going to flare and, and just choosing to support them in a different way. I think is just so magical. And yeah, so I can't wait to see what you continue to create and develop and Mm. how you, you know, become this, uh, nervous system doula for creatives in a way it's just so so beautiful and I'm so excited to see your work really flourish and for you to really take what you've already mastered around being a writing teacher and a writing um support for people and then infusing this nervous system work just is so delightful yes and it's it's all in the new paradigm I mean the way that we work in evolution you hold this consciousness and then it becomes more available to me. And Mm -hmm. I hold this co-regulatory field of someone who writes and has been writing, you know, I've been teaching at the university level for 17 years now and literally students will come into my office for office hours and they'll sit down and they start talking and they solve their own stuckness right. <laughs> in the course of their talking and more and more I started to realize oh they just come in and sit and they talk I listen and they understand yeah. it's not me talking no it's me listening that listening with regulation listening, listening with, regulation. with regulation exactly so freaking powerful isn't it's it? so powerful and like you, this and is you, the you, new you, paradigm I'm not yeah. telling you what to do. I'm not giving you information. Yeah. I am helping you open to the wisdom that's already in there. Totally. I remember you saying to me years ago, I want you to teach me how you know how to ask the right question. <laughs> right? And and I was like, what do you mean I know how to? You're like, you know, you ask the exact question that I need to hear myself. And it's, it is that. Right. It's, it's not that I actually have any questions planned when, when I'm working with someone and, and, you know, but it is that place of like listening with regulation allows us to be in that space with someone where we can hear, we can feel, we can sense, we can know, we can understand where to sort of help focus so that they arrive into their own wisdom. Yes. And it's so powerful. It's so much more powerful than the way we're currently doing it. It is so what the world (laughs) needs for the new wisdom to arrive. We don't need to recreate the past. I don't need to tell you what I've learned and and information I've gathered. What I need is for you to say yes to the wisdom in you. Absolutely. That is so beautifully said. So good. So So beautifully said, Alicia. Yes. Oh, oh, my beloved Rose. Thank you so much for talking with us and Mm. for sharing your journey and some of your family history and I just think you're such an inspiration for someone who's been willing to to really honor your lineage, your legacy, but to be willing to say, I will alchemize this towards love. And I I will alchemize this towards what I know was actually my parents' dream for me, which is that I get to be me fully, even if they didn't understand exactly what that looks like. I know at essence they wanted, they want that for me. And yeah. yeah, and I just, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Mm, so grateful for you and for the sisterhood 
of you yeah. and so many of us, this doesn't happen outside of community. You know, yeah. the it, the guidance, the support, it's a community. It is. Yeah, it is. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank I love you. you. Thank, Thank you for you. the beauty you bring into the world. Yes, this is so wonderful. Yeah. Mm, all right, love. Thank you. And thanks for listening in. And we hope you enjoyed this. And we look forward to hearing all your thoughts.